Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. Like, like butter. I like singing about better. Applebee's. Oh no, it's chilies. Did they do? No, they did chilies. They sang the baby, the baby back ribs song. They well, they were like burying, the original? burying Joey Fatone in the sand. Ribs. Did they write it? No, no, no. They sang souls. a rendition of it. <clears throat> Who wrote it? Um, Beethoven. Okay. I, yeah. I've never been in an Applebee's. <laughs> I uh, I have a good Applebee's story. Yeah. Should we, uh, should I tell mine? Me and my father, who neither of us eat meat, went into an Applebee's, uh, sat down, looked at the menu. Uh, the 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 server got us like some iced teas. We looked at the menu and both looked at each other and said, "I can't eat a single fucking thing in here." And we turned to the server and was like, "We're both vegetarians." And she's like, "Oh, all right. Well, the iced teas are on me." And we left, and then the manager chased us out, and they're like, and was like, "What happened? What you? I saw you guys left." And we said, "Just said we're vegetarians." He said, "Oh, yeah, have a good day." Like they just we were so defeated, they didn't even try to accommodate us. No, this is not for you. They yeah, they were very French polite, fries. but they were just like, "Got it, okay, yeah." Well, no, not a nice even their it. salads had chicken in it. Like they didn't have a single thing. Uh, it was very fun. Well, it's here for the servers and good people they were work chill. at Applebee's. Yeah, they were chill people. We went over to Friendly's, uh, which was better for us. Yeah. Good start. Yeah. Love Friendly's. You can get ice cream at Friendly's. You can get all sorts of shit at Friendly's. All sorts of bacteria, too. I get, yeah. I can suck just, down an ice cream right now. Just so well, you get a conehead. Suck down you ever get a conehead? bacteria ice cream. <laughs> ever get a conehead at Friendly's? No. I've never been uh, to Friendly's either. Sounds like oh, a, Dave, that sounds like, a, it sounds like a sex act. <laughs> you, you, has either of you never never been to Friendly's? No, no I've, been, I've been to Friendly's, yeah. Okay, they're like better Waffle Houses, and I know that's going to offend some people. I don't care. I don't care. I'm not PC. I'm going to offend you guys. Such... I'm going to shock you guys. Right. It's, uh, Friendly's is it's where it's at. You're Dave, you're going to go on Dave. your canceled stand-up tour after this? Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude. Yeah. All Friendly's go stuff. Just a Corolla tour. Just the, gonna go on this the photo of you with duct tape on your mouth. So. Yeah. Really, really, really going to bat for subpar chicken salads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just. I love friendlies. 
Stained I think I had the gut rottenest salad there I've ever had in my life. <laughs> oh, you, you, you're not gonna, you shouldn't get a salad at a I Friendly's. I had no idea what, what a Friendly's was. I no, don't, they're, I don't, they're basically like a diner but a chain. So you want a grilled cheese, you want a burger, you want fries. That's it. And ice cream. But a salad. Getting a salad at a Friendly's is like getting a salad at a diner, right? Yeah. You're going to get a shit salad. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. It's, yeah. it's like getting a salad as a, at a Friendly's. <laughs> yeah. The Friendly's in my one town. one of the ingredients. Yeah. The Friendly's in my town was awesome. It used to be a mortuary. So I had a friend who worked there. Oh, and we, they, He showed me the basement where they get all the ice cream. And there were blood gutters in the basement. Oh, it yeah. was sweet. Dave, I have some news for you. It didn't used to be a mortuary. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah, they're Sweeney Todding, those hamburgers. It's a, oh, it's a yeah. feature, not a bug. <laughs> God, I want Friendly's right now. Uh, hello, everyone. Hi. Uh, well, the episode of Strike Cast. Mm. Strike Cast. Strike Cast. The show where we get hyped about stuff and things. That's not right. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. I'm the other one, David Bell. I'm here as well as the 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 fabled guest, Abe Epperson. Abe. Of Abe. Fabled. How are you, Abe? I'm good. I'm I'm so hyped to be mm. here. It's been a bit. And I'm glad yeah. to be back, baby. And how how strike yeah. are you to be here? I am so strike right now. So strike. That's yeah. what I like to hear. I, I'm fucking. I'm just straight <laughs> up an X right now. Yeah. <laughs> big big X. Straight big edge. edge straight dude. edge. So mm-hmm. fucking edgy. Yeah. <laughs> we are uh, so. I mean, we explained this last time, and I I saw a little confusion in comments. We don't. We're not beholden to shit. For the record. Uh, meaning that, like, we're still doing reviews of movies yeah. uh, because what we do counts as journalism. And right now, they didn't ask journalists to do shit. Uh, we just thought it'd be fun to do a strike cast because it, se- it seemed good to not necessarily support major major studio trailers right coming now. out yeah. by like the these shitty yeah, ass. Why give them studios. free publicity, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. In the, it's in this. It's. In the, I think it's the right choice. I commend you guys for doing it, even though you're, you know, frankly. No one matter. No, you don't matter. No, we don't matter not at all. Not we're not at all. But Mr. Like, Beast. Now yeah. you can now you can sleep well tonight. Yeah, you're not Mr. Beast, and that's one of the things yeah. that when I when I think of both of you, I'm like, it's such a shame that I we're know, not Mr. Beast. Dave never misses an opportunity to remind me that we're not Mr. Beast. <laughs> I know. I have a poster of Mr. Beast on my wall, and I look at it every morning every like morning. that's where i'm heading that's my goal mm-hmm. to be mr beast like homer hickam in october sky but instead of rockets it's mr, it's beast. mr. beast yeah <laughs> oh god oh what is that guy's deal what is he what what's this what is he up to mr beast yeah who the fuck knows man i don't know man <laughs> he's just a fucking hey. rich guy who probably game the system Solving and some kind of mystery, I hope. He cured the blind. That's what I would uh, do if I had yeah, all kinds of money. Racism. I'd solve. Yeah. I'd solve mysteries all day long. Yeah. Abe, do you wanna you wanna plug anything? Do you got stuff going on? What do you got going on? Well, uh, s- some of y'all might know uh, the name Small Beans, and that's right. I'm one yeah. of the Small Beans, along with my good friends Michael Swaim and Adam Ganzer. <clears throat> we are Small Beans, and you can find us at patreon.com slash smallbeans. Uh, we do podcasts with you two, including yeah. Spielboys and uh, Next Futurama. 
Star Trek Next Futurama. And uh, Small Beans does the same stuff. We're like sister networks, I guess, is a good way of saying it. And uh, so right. check us out if you like, if you if you want more content for your when you go to sleep at night. Because I hear a lot of you guys listen to our podcast while you sleep, which is not creepy at all. You fucking weirdos. I, I put on, on podcasts to go to sleep. It's a common thing. It's mm-hmm. so fucking weird. Small beans is a that's a reference to testicles, right? Yeah, it's a reference to what we call our testicles. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense. Just just tiny little beans. Just tiny, tiny little beans. beans. Just wee little I'm beans. Not, getting yeah, no, no, more I'm not saying they're by like, the day. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying they're like small by like testicle standards. They're just small in the sense of the world around us is so big. It's a relative right? game, yeah. But as yeah. as is known of the testicle, the humble testicle, it gets bigger. As it as time goes on, yeah, you want to be sw- swollen beans. Yeah, l- little known fact about the testicle: it's a it's a legume. Yes, yep. actually, and you can eat them. Yeah, it goes great in salads. So I say to you all: eat my small beans. <laughs> mm. Yeah, everybody, check them out if you haven't already. I feel like most of you have, but if you haven't already. You should check them out. Thank yeah. you. They're a lot of fun. I listen to them uh, while going to sleep in the shower, <laughs> you know, mostly in the shower. Yeah. Usually nude. W- most, of, most of my compromising moments day to day are yeah. done to a soundtrack of Small Beans. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think it's about great. you guys listening to podcasts that's like dirty somehow. It's dirty it somehow. It is. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I like about Confirmed. it. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Um. Well, we got some trailers, some some piping hot brand new trailers, but first we got some uh, producers to thank. Wow, we sure so, do, Dave. Let's dive into that. Big thank you to At Nerd Numbers. Thank, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you to Zero Charisma. Thank you. Thank you to Aaron Burr, sir. Thank you. Thank you to AJ. Thank you. Thank you to Andrew Howe, Deck the Halls with Blood. Thank you. Thank you to Asking Seven. Thank you so much. Thank you to Bob Grenville. Thank you. Thank you to Bootler Boodleson. Thank you. Thank you. Let me swoop in here. Thank you to Brian who Tom knows. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Brockway Loves the Meat Millie. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Burrito. I want you to drink water, hit the gym, and do the ska, because they loves y'all. Thank you. Thank you to Chester's Prophet. Thanks. Thank you to Christopher Roberts Sparks Esquire. Thank you. Thank you to Dan Hackroyd. Thank you. Thank you to Davey, the ghost of East Las Vegas, Francis. Mm. And thank you to David Knife Boot Henson. Knife Boot. Knife Boot. All right. So last week we did the hottest movies of 1993. Mm-hmm. Should we just dive into this and see if people can pick up on what era we're doing? Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty easy. <laughs> it's pretty easy once they get into it, right? I mean, sure. I think for most people it have to be a Google search, but let's see if you let's can give it a shot. pick up these breadcrumbs, baby. Yeah. All right. Our first trailer is for Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life. Yeah. This is the long-awaited sequel uh to the first tomb raider right and this the is first one yeah this is the first she, of many trailers uh on today's episode that features a frenetic techno soundtrack oh yeah <laughs> the hubris of this era uh in general truly two, the 2000s that's, early that's 2000s, the word that kept exploding in my brain watching these. it's because the beauty of the 2000s specifically is that we thought we had nailed cgi we were like we have we are officially the yep. height of CGI. We thought the future was here and that we were it. Yeah, and so they just shove CGI in everything. Like, isn't it beautiful and perfect and photorealistic? To which five years later said, no, no, it wasn't. 
Uh, and so sometimes not even that long. Yeah, but this uh, I don't know. This is uh, G- Gerard Butler as the Bond girl. Uh, Daniel Craig was the Bond girl in the first yeah. one, mm-hmm. and I think they should have made so many more of these. Personally. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think this was a victim of the time. It's really apparent in this trailer. I know we've watched this before on movie night, but most of it fled my brain. Um, yeah. this is it's so early aughts action in all of the not good ways. Like a, a lot of these on on here has like that just, cheesy fucking just, yeah, action the movie heavy vibe. overloaded CGI, these uh goofball uh, yeah, it's these, everything yeah. looks cartoon. Everything looks like, like a cartoon oh, yeah. and, and weightless, and everything looks like Austin Powers for some reason. Like it's all like this weird futuristic. Like right, it's it's all those movies that were made in the wake of the Matrix. Um, yeah, but they, there's something like plastic about yeah. them all. Everything looks mm-hmm. cheap. Every prop is mm-hmm. cheap. I love it. I gotta ask you guys a question. Yeah, campy Tomb Raider or gritty Tomb Raider? I not as movies necessarily, but just as concepts. I prefer I gritty because I like the rebooted video game series. I was about to say we have better stuff from gritty. The video games and the movie, I would say, is probably better. That said, I really like the appeal of campy. There's and, a place and these for campy. movies. Yeah, these movies, I I don't mind uh, for their campiness. I thought like they if were, they were a lot better, of fun. if they were like Tim Burton's Batman, good, right. I think I kind of like the. I think I like Campy Tomb Raider because I just don't give a fuck about rich the problem, people. <laughs> I, I, I th- the problem with gritty Tomb Raider is that Tomb Raider is fundamentally also silly, right? There's like mm-hmm. magic and shit. Yeah, um, I mean it's as silly as Indiana Jones, which is what I think. That's true. I, it's, I think that's the. For me, that's kind of what the Angelina Jolie ones were missing. It's they yeah, went they I went see that. hard into just early aughts action movie just corny as shit goofball action movie and it should have been a corny as shit treasure hunting movie it's Mm -hmm. a tough yeah it's a product of its time again where it's like the the action is also very like floaty because of the wire stunt shit it's all weightless yeah um yeah and but even this doesn't have wire stunts but i remember like that first one they're like running up the side of that pyramid at the end there's like weird shit that like it, it reminds me of like the triple X movies, which those are done. Those somehow get away with it. I think it's because they're so stupid. Um, it's not like the fast and furious movies are any different now. Right. Where it's that version of action where there's no stakes. Cause everything is so cartoony. Uh, I guess it's just quaint after the fact, like this feels fun after the fact. Although whenever we sit down and watch these movies, they always tend out they're to very be a, like, a little more boring. Yeah, they're very yeah, boring. Cause there's much more scenes that are like, Oh, it's scenes about you and your butler having like conversations. I don't give a fuck. Right. Uh, and the humor is always so like toothless. Yeah. Uh, and like, again, cartoony. Uh, and so it's, I don't know. I, I go. I think the, the Fast and the Furious has the appeal of all of its characters. Like it's such an ensemble for the most part. Um, right. But it is the same. I, I just think Fast and Furious is in, in the same way that Triple X does intentionally or not is more earnestly corny so it's like whereas in 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 these movies they're still treating it like it's cool right but that's part of what i like because it's it it's doesn't know it's lame yeah and i'm not sure i'm not sure if triple x or fast and furious does either i'm just saying it's it's just more earnestly corny (laughs) 
Triple X certainly doesn't. That's the best part. Whenever yeah. he tries to Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> right. Uh, whenever they're like, look, he's also smart. You're in the Xander like, zone. Oh, the Xander zone. Yeah. And then, jumps a Ferrari off a bridge, and then the next scene, he's hanging out with Tony Hawk. And then I, think I love the there's that one part of the movie in Triple X where it's clear that Vin Diesel decided that he was like, uh, this jacket is the only jacket I'll wear for the rest of the film. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Because it's they even try to... gigantic barbarian coat. They try right. to give him another thing to wear, and he like, no, I'm going to put the jacket it's back It's like on. a yeah. whale the skin coat. The third act should have been him battling heat stroke <laughs> in that fucking thing. It would have been he's amazing just, if he just passed out. He's just beet red. He's just scared. This is not the... It's not the biome for that jacket, Triple X. <laughs> nah, it's the Sanderson. It's the Sanderson. It's the best jacket in the world. Oh, shit. It's like I'm the but best hacker. Your eyelids such are purple. Extreme sports spy. Ooh, I fucking great movie. Love yeah. I love that movie. I wish, like, if anything, Tomb Raider, this should have leaned into that more. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. There, there's not enough awesome, I guess. There's some awesome. Don't get me wrong. There's, she fights a robot in the first one. There is, she fights a training robot. There mm-hmm. is some awesome in these. It's just they're they're more boring than not. And because it was trying to be just sort of face value cool... It just didn't age as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I also really like, uh, mm-hmm. and these movies did it, and then Haywire did it, the Bond Girl Exchange sy- system yes. that these movies had, yeah. where they'd get like action guys and make them like the slutty Bond girls. Yeah. Uh, and I, I enjoy that a lot, and I wish more movies would One do that, gun. where they're just like swapping them. Yeah. I want Vin Diesel. I want Vin Diesel doing a strip yeah. dance just for a lazy triple X. Remember, this is before... Um, um, Casino Royale. Before it's before Casino Royale, and also it's before Three Hundred. So I don't think either right. of these guys were action guys yet. They were just kind of like no. babe. they were just like babes. So they just yeah, hired they babes. Were babes. Just yeah. babes. Just yeah. babes. Just babes. Just babes. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Just uh, hit it and quit it, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> hit it, it and quit it. it. Literally, in this one, is Gerard dies right, or is Daniel Craig die? I forget. They all kind of die. I remember she like saves Daniel. I think she saves Daniel Craig. The bad guy like stabs him and she has to like reverse time. Is that this one or the other one? Uh, This one I thought genuinely don't remember. I think this one had like the room where it's like it's like the labyrinth room where there's no gravity and up is down and Oh and Christ, like, man! And then you, there's like you could you could be making that up. I don't remember. Yeah, I, I yeah. one of one of these hunks dies and I don't remember which these one. Movies, yeah, these blur not, together. Yeah, these aren't as. <laughs> Again, these have a lot to offer. I, I just, I think they just needed to be like thirty percent more awesome, more over the top. And I think yeah. they would have, which is there. funny to say from this because this movie is pretty fucking over the top. It's just, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's just not. It's a, it's a, de- it's a delicate balance. It's a fine line. It's like too. Yeah, I think I, I think I've, yeah. I've, I've, I've repeated it to death. It, it's, it's too thinking. It's cool, and it should be a little bit more like corny, right? Yeah, I just wanted to point out, Yonda Bont directed, baby. He sure did. Oh, yeah. For people who don't That's know, cool. cinematographer of Die Hard and Cujo, director of Speed. Director of Speed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Directed this Can't movie. lose. Can't lose. Speaking of can't lose, our next trailer is for Biscuit. That's not uh, true, and I, you know it. Biscuit can lose. That's the whole point. Yeah. Well, I've never actually seen this movie. Um, Me either. 
Yeah. Do you guys get the same vibe? Because I this movie, like Cider House Rules, Bagger Vance, this whole era of like two thousands period films, <laughs> they never. Bagger Vance, they, dude. That's is a, that a period film? It is. That's it's a, a real piece of shit. Like that's, I haven't seen. That's it. like a, a legendarily bad film. Yeah, that's a. But rough they one. all, they all have that thing where they don't. Do they? They don't look convincing as period pieces. Um, I think again, it's part of for me the two thousand early two thousands look. The same way whenever a character holds like like we're gonna get to some next ones where like whenever there's a gizmo, it reminds me of like seventies camp where like the sci fi tech is always like big blinking lights on this big hunk of plastic and it looks too clean. Similarly, like the period piece of the early two thousands looked too campy to me. And it's hard to put my finger on it. To it's like the, the costumes look too clean. Um, the 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 like the environment just. I, I, think, I don't know. I, I wish I could. Mm. I think it was influenced by maybe Spielberg, like maybe Private Ryan, because I I, I, I seem to remember it really getting solidified around like Cinderella Man. In like two thousand three, right. two thousand four. Right. Although this is this movie, Seabiscuit is before that, but it is sort of maybe it, it is kind of like this era of like period films, sort of had that kind of desaturated look almost. Right, they have the same tinge on them. Yeah, I, maybe that's it. Where they all look like when I look at them, I don't think the the era they're depicting. Like, I think two thousand three. Right, it's uh, just like, like that's like, what pops into my. We head. all decided that this is what movies in the great depression this is what the great depression looked like and like we kind of stuck with that for about a decade i feel like it's um well first off this is actually secretly an intervention dave (laughs) we knew you were going to say that about how it's too clean and we know you have a thing for dirty horses it has to stop it's getting in the way of your work look it's true there's nothing it's wrong true. with a dirty horse uh actually I this th- is a real shit horse but go <laughs> it's on a real shit it's a real horse. fucking filthy sea horse biscuit should have called actually, him have... flea biscuit yeah <laughs> the uh the reason i feel like uh we all are feeling the way we feel about this era of films and depicting period pieces is that they got heavily influenced in the early 2000s and kind of awkward in the same way that you were speaking about CG, in my opinion, earlier, yeah. uh, by the digital intermediate, which was popularized in 2000, by Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, where there was a tinge to the whole movie, and the way in right. which they accomplished it is by doing a telecine, which means that they take the film and they actually just print it right onto, or they, they throw a sensor into it and they, uh, they, they turn it into a... Uh, digital file that they can then grade color grade that after so because of that people were like oh there's so much control of the color space now we can make things feel and that's why you get things like sin city that's why you get things like this where they're just like amping it to the max super saturating eras that we usually were not saturating we were like in production design muting everything because of like the old sepia tones you know color correction like low-key did a terrible thing yeah i always thought because it's the equivalent of you know when you get your first camera and it has like the sepia filter and then you start filming everything in that that's what hollywood did they essentially did the exact same thing every fucking movie including movies now like they all get color corrected to be the same. So you feel uh, some of the production design being, you know, like that wood is, yeah, because that wood was bought yesterday at Home Depot. It's not like right. old wood, you know. Like, <laughs> so, so it's, 
So I don't know. We didn't so you, pull this up from Herbert Hoover's house. Yeah, right. exactly. So, so it's not like, and that's never changed. That's always been true about making movies, period pieces. But it's you see yeah. it more because they're just like, oh, and look at all the color. Oh, we can make. Oh, fuck. And that's what everyone was doing. Oh, at this bro, time. you see this color, bro? Yeah, you see oh, this color, bro? Oh, yeah. Sea biscuit. <laughs> Fucking sea biscuit. Uh, has anybody seen this movie? No, nobody yeah, has I've seen, seen sea biscuits. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. Why do I want to care about a racehorse winning? That's the other thing. Oh, so Dave, been, come on, I, man. I've spent, <laughs> listen, I've you, spent a lot of time. You understand storytelling and no, how stakes no, no, no. work. You know how I, horses I'm, are. I'm, I really don't. So here's the thing. We've all been to the Santa Anita Park and, and gambled. We've all done yeah, it. We've all, we've all bet on the ponies. That's right. I, 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 me and Tom, you were we were there together. Yeah, we had um, we had a fine pony I, day. I've been there several times until they started making the news for just being a uh, for a killing all the horses for the horses. <laughs> yeah, that that, that um, ended our fun Saturday excursions. Yes, Ugh. but the point of a, a horse race, and I mean, I'm genuinely asking this question because I do remember when we went to the track, it was degenerate gamblers and then horse people Mm -hmm. which was a hilarious combination so i get that there are horse people there who want to pet the horses and like the horses and so on but i i guess what it is is i always thought horse racing was a gambling thing first um, more than anything else not for the the people who own and race the horses dave yeah so there are like of course there are there's like prizes and stuff What? Who gives a shit about Who gives that a shit? stuff? Look, you know how famously it's impossible to break a horse's spirit? You know, that, that's right. a famous story we have with horses. <laughs> that's why horse stories matter, dude. It's just a story so is, about a horse and a jockey inspiring each other to be better than horse or man. So it's, is this like... They become a centaur. So I'm just such a degenerate gambler that I didn't you don't think even of horse see. racing as, like as a, a sport. sport yes. no. I thought of it entirely as a gambling game Yeah, uh, where and it's Dave... like, I don't care. Like the idea of a horse that keeps winning and they're like, oh, what an inspiring story. All I thought was like, no, that just makes the odds shitty. Right. Where that, it's that like, would... no, the, the horse always wins. So like, that's not fun for gambling. It that was would, a yeah, very winning would... horse. It's true. <laughs> Would be like you watching, I don't know, fucking Field of Dreams and being like, well, what is base? It doesn't matter who wins. It's What's just whatever the spread about- is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is a line in this trailer and in the movie, I understand, that is from Delivered by Chris Cooper, America's, uh, America's disapproving uh, dad. Angry dad. <laughs> <Yeah>. America's <laughs> disappointed says, stepfather. And he says, just, he, speaking of Seabiscuit, he just needs to know how to be a horse again. Right. That's all. That's all you need. How can you I can't so. That's this? some folksy wisdom. That's some Sea biscuit, by the way, we can all is a very to. funny combination of words. It is. Yeah, a sea biscuit. That just that sounds like I don't know some little fucking crab or something. Doesn't sound like a horse. Yeah. It doesn't sound. Also, like Also, they don't have names like this anymore. They have like, you know, dumb long names. <clears throat> I want an inspiring yeah. story about a dumb long name horse. You know, yeah. Like I want to, I want a movie called Daddy's Two Balls. Right, <laughs> a horse two called balls. Daddy's Two Balls. Right. The war horse, the yeah. champion horse named Ronald McDonald. <laughs> yep. Uh, Abe, should we see? Should we watch Sea Biscuit? I mean, if I don't think, uh, yeah. I mean, if you're into your heartstrings being tugged in a manufactured but like impressive way, 
But it is okay. just a story about a horse. I mean, if you liked War Horse. I didn't see War Horse. Do you like Hidalgo? I don't, Do you I like don't horse up, movies? Surprisingly, I don't keep up with horse fiction. Like, not nearly as much isn't as you'd this, expect isn't me Isn't this horse fact? Yeah. What? This is horse fact. This is horse fact. fact. This is a real horse. Oh, this is, I mean, yeah, I guess it is horse fact. It's a horse ho- horse bio, a bio horse pick. Fucking random horse they made up. It's a real fucker. Yeah. yeah. Is it weird? It's Do you real think it's weird that the horse, horse never knew that there's a movie made of it? <laughs> that horse yeah, will yeah, never horse know that. Doesn't understand movies, Dave. For, it doesn't. You talk it, about it doesn't understand horses all any the time. How do you not know simple things about horses? Is that wild though? This horse never knew it was it famous. Is, it is wild that any animal doesn't know that they're in a movie. It's true. I mean, Abraham yeah. Lincoln never knew we made a movie about him right. either. Yeah, yeah, but he could have. He probably was like, "There'll be books and stuff." Like horses don't know they'll be famous. Yeah, and at, like you pointed out, while making movies, horses don't know what we're doing, which is always very funny to me because you know the horses are like. The fuck is happening? I am always like, what, yeah. what are they? What are they doing? I to like us? the idea. Why do they want this? They do the race and Seabiscuit wins and he crosses the finish line, which he understands is like the destination because that's what he's been trained. But then hundreds of thousands of people start clapping and screaming and yelling. Like the horse must be thinking, like that was weird that everyone yeah. did that all of a sudden. People are fucking weird. Like horses must constantly just. Be like, yeah, sometimes they make us run in a circle. Sometimes they dress up in like as knights and like ride us. <laughs> yeah. uh, sometimes they like have us perform in front of crowds. Like, what do they want from us? I don't uh, like, what is the goal? What's the right. end goal here? Well, it gives them a lot to talk about at their horse meetings. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about this next trailer? We yes, probably please. should. Uh, Spy Kids 3D game over, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so those, so I far, just, in theaters. just to quickly recap, it's been Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, The Cradle of Life, Sea Biscuit, <laughs> and now Spy Kids 3D Game Over, just in case yeah. anybody has figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw this in theaters with the, the 3D glasses. It was funny that it came with its own, like, they had to, they had to like, uh, ship 3D glasses to the theaters for this one. Um, and I remember it being terrible in 3D. I remember actually feeling nauseous. Uh, watching this well, in the, 3D. The trailer suggests that it's blue-red 3D, which is not a great theatrical experience. <laughs> it wasn't. Okay. So the, the w- wild thing was it wasn't. It was like the modern ones, but there were these paper glasses. I, th- I think it's because, for the reason I put in the notes, that we were in between fads, meaning that like we hadn't... You know, like movie theaters today, I feel like they just have their own glasses in there, or they like mass-manufacture them the studios or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. But these were like paper ones like they show. Mm-hmm. And they, were, they weren't the blue red. Um, but it was still an exhausting experience because it didn't feel like it was shot correctly for 3D. Like it was really like bombastic and the camera was moving really <laughs> Like a Robert Rodriguez movie. <laughs> yeah, it was like a roller coaster, I remember. Yeah, because they're... Did all you guys of see that, this movie? All, I didn't see it, but like all... In in this era, still, it's not like they're shooting with stereoscopic cameras. They still don't. It's a, right. sh- a shading consideration they do after, in post after the fact. That yeah. that was the technology at this point for mainstream. Right. So by the way, for everything on this list, I I worked in a movie theater. I just realized, so I saw this shit for free. Every single one of these movies. It all comes together. Hmm. Um. 
Wait, Tom, did you not see it? No, I've never seen any of the Spy Kids, actually. I've never seen any of the Spy Kids, and I love that the plot of this one is video games are being hijacked by Evil Stallone. And it's like, I love the idea that it's just like, well, what do kids like? Well, they hate parents, and they love video games. (laughs) Bingo, bango, baby. (laughs) Picture that meeting. Yeah, <laughs> they're wild movies in that since it's Robert Rodriguez, it's all the same actors for the most part. Uh, I like I remember it was the first time I had seen Danny Trejo as like a fun kids movie character. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, that doesn't feel right. As anything other than terrifying. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then like yeah, Antonio Banderas and and now I hear they're rebooting it with um fucking Shazam. Uh, yeah, like Zachary that's Levy? a yeah. As the Antonio Banderas role, that that doesn't seem right, but... I mean... Whatever. Whatever. They're stupid kids. They'll watch whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're shitty little kids. Mm-hmm. These are fun, though. These... Like, Steve Buscemi's in one, I believe. There's... These are wild <laughs> really fucking movies. really get those kids into the theater, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's what's so fun about them, is they don't... Like, the cast is... Stallone's in this as the villain. Like, when do you get to see Stallone as a villain? That's delightful. It's all moms and dads making these movies, right? So it's just yeah. like, uh, you're a dad. You want to be in this? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's I think worked out for him. Most of these Spy Kids, because I think this was after Sin City, I want to say. No. Uh, so when he, he, oh, it wasn't. Nope. Okay. Because I think this was when he started doing the thing where he's like, let's stick everything on a green screen. Yeah. Uh, and have a lot of fun with it. <clears throat> I think this is the dead. same year as Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Oh, wow. Yeah. God, remember when it was quaint to do a whole movie on a green screen? Like yeah, Sky like Captain Sky the World Captain. of Tomorrow came out. Yeah, yeah, we were all like, oh my God, I can't believe you can do that. It's the <laughs> it's the future. It's the world of tomorrow. See, we thought yeah. we thought we were the future and that it had arrived. We really were. And then the we hubris. realized it was hollow and there was nothing. It, it yep. fell to ash in our mouth. And then, you know. <laughs> and now here we Turned are. Turned to ash and regret. <laughs> so I have this take that almost all my friends hate, which is that I'm a Wachowski fan. No matter what, I fucking love them. I talk about even their stinkers like Speed Racer, uh, how they actually secretly rule. Um, right. But I have to say, I've never seen a Spy Kid, and I watched the trailer, and I probably have never even seen a trailer for Spy Kids. Um, maybe. But Spy Kids 3D... What Robert Rodriguez is clearly doing in this movie is he clearly did it first. He clearly did Speed Racer first. He did. And I now need to give credit to Robert Rodriguez. I, I didn't think that... Wachowski saw Spy Kids 3D. And they were 3D. like, fuck. Yeah. We need to do what it, he's uh, doing. Spy Kids is also the biggest offender of, again, that like sci-fi 2000s look that's so fucking cheesy. Oh, God. This and... Agent Cody Agent Banks Cody and Banks. Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, they're all kind of part of the same beast. And our next thing, honestly, which we could talk about, unless you guys have other Spy Kids takes. Let's do it. Uh, Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Oh, man. Oh, this yeah. fucking sequel. This trailer is an assault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Prodigy. I'm almost certain Prodigy was dated in 2003. I'm almost certain Prodigy well, was more like a 1999, Tomb Raider also use... Yeah, I was going to say, this is the second uh, on our list that has that amazing. song. And also, Spy Kids used a techno song, too. 
Oh yeah, I don't I think mean, it was, but yeah. The 2000s it's was the techno. era of techno. Don't right. get me wrong; it's just Prodigy. It feels like a little too right. late. Specifically, Prodigy. This is like like ten years removed, almost. Yeah, um, and the, I love that the villain looks like how the villain looks. When they show, oh, there's two villains, but the first guy, he shows up and he's like, I'm scary. And he's got a fucking faux hawk. He looks like a ska band, like an entire ska yeah. band merged into one person. Right. Yes. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> if, uh, if, a, most... if a ska band was a Ninja Turtles villain. Yeah, he's the yeah, least he's scary villain. I saw him and I just thought like, well, I can take that guy. Like, uh, yeah, I'll just push him over. Uh, I'll tell his parents about him. <laughs> fucking f- come get him. Foot Clan face. Yeah, thief. I'll steal his <laughs> yeah. horn. Yeah, I thought uh, this trailer ruled because it's yeah. just two things. There's no real plot that we see. We it's not necessary. It's just shots, jokes, and then it's just like look at how hot everyone is. <laughs> I think Charlie's Angels. Here's my here's my hot take. I think it did what we were hoping tomb raider would do more meaning that charlie's angels yeah. is kind of out of its out of its mind in a very fun way the the action is bullshit right it's cartoony yeah but the whole movie is cartoony the first one too with fucking bill murray and then the fact that crispin glover is a recurring character in this so weird. like that's wild and he plays a real crispin glover type yeah so weird yeah um i think i also agree with with abe that i think this trailer kind of rules <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it doesn't give away too much we get enough like we understand from the trailer that Demi Moore like used to be an angel uh, and now she's a bad guy um, and then it, it really is just shots of the angels being hot and then all these like crazy situations that say, oh I wonder what why is D- uh, Drew Barrymore in a wrestling ring I need to see what that's about like you know also super <laughs> hot dudes just like hot all around everybody's hot and, oh yeah uh, um, there, there's oh crap shows. I forget his name it's, it's the guy that was in um um, Love Actually and uh, Westworld. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Three Hundred. Isn't that isn't that him? I think so. I don't know. Yeah, he's not, whatever. He the bad hot, guy in this movie. Hot, hot fucker. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy how this. Hey, is this also directed by McGee? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. These Fuck are both McGee think, productions. I think the best, the way to imbibe a McGee film is the trailer. <laughs> I've decided. Yes. Such good trailers. Rodrigo, Rodrigo Santoro is that actor's name. All right. Oh, and also, yeah, yeah Justin Throw is in here. Anyway. Justin Throw's <laughs> in there. Playing an Irish villain. Playing in a hot Irishman. Yep. Uh, it's great. It's fucking great. Great, great fucking batshit movie. What a gift from 2003. Yeah. Um, speaking of gifts, the next one is The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. Uh, this movie, so am I cynical to say that I think this movie would have been a hit today? Uh, and that's not saying like it's before it's time or it's just that I don't trust <laughs> audiences anymore. <sighs> Where this one, look, like this one, the pro- uh, you know what? I take that back because the Dark Universe failed. This is essentially the first Dark Universe attempt in right. a way, I think, right? I think it's not, it's not the quality of the movie that made this kind of land with a thud because worse movies that are worse movies that have similar, if not identical storylines have been huge hits. Right. Um, it, I think it's the fact that you, what you were touching on there, I think, which is that this is a movie where it's IP technically, but it's based on all these classic literary characters and people just don't give a shit. Yeah. yeah. I do feel like there's an era somewhere where this would have been a hit. 
Like, we haven't maybe seen two, it yet. Like That's in the why 2000, like, Peter Pan or and Robin Hood movies keep falling flat on their faces, That's too. True. Was, like, we don't, audiences Frank, don't care about this. When was Sorry, the last Ed. big Frankenstein? You know? I Frankenstein. Yeah. That, and that was, that was considered a flop. That was a hit. No, it wasn't. Everybody loves that movie. <laughs> White hot hit. <laughs> White yeah. hot hit. No, you're right. It, I think that's what it comes down I to. And this was Tom's a hilarious right. fucking movie. I re- This was a movie that people were making fun of, like, before it even came yeah. out. Yeah. I remember, like, yeah, people laughing at fucking, they shoved Tom Sawyer in here. Yeah. Um, oh, and, of yeah. course, Sean Connery, this, I believe, caused him to retire this movie. This is his final film, yeah. Yeah, well, his he final live Gandalf. action film. Yeah. He turned down Gandalf because he didn't understand the script, is I, he, what I heard. And then he read this script and he's like, I don't understand this either, but I guess the last thing was great. And he took this and then was just like, I better stop making movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, that's it for me. Yeah, isn't the story that he turned down uh, Gandalf? Gandalf, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's right. Um, the. Uh, <sighs> The other thing about this movie, I, I actually had the DVD of it because the practical effects in it are so good. It's surprisingly less CGI throughout than you'd think. Like, Mr. Hyde is mostly a suit. Um, a lot of the car yeah, chases the, and the um, city destructions are all, like, model work. It's the it's big really, hulk at the end that's CG. Yeah. They do stuff. Like, it. that's the thing. It. I think people think in their mind that this is, like, a CGI fest and, like, really shitty but it's like that's like the one good thing about it is the effects are actually pretty cool. They did this whole big scene with the car chase and they used remote control cars just like Nolan did with um Batman with the Dark Knight. So like it was kind of ahead of its time. It was doing like Nolan-esque shit. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, it's a shame the movie We sucked. owe a lot to LXG. We sure we kinda do. We kind of do, yeah. I love how hard this trailer tries to make LXG happen. It's I so know. Funny, man. Again, it, it's very dark universe vibes where they're like really calling their shot. Mm-hmm. They they also you wanted there's a sequel tease at the end too. Yeah. They also wanted X's to be represented in the trailer as much as possible. Mm. Like at one point, he's like, "Their methods are extreme." Yes, they wanted as many X's. Uh, it's X. We went over this. It's the edgiest letter. It's the edgiest. It is, letter. It really it is, is. the edgiest letter. There's some other. So they introduced Tom Sawyer. And his whole thing is he's a good shot. But then Quartermain is also a good shot. Right. So they have two good shots. Then they have the Invisible Man, and his thing is he can get invisible, which is cool except for like action scenes. But then they just have a vampire, and she just cleans up every, every she time. Just, right. yeah, she destroys. just everything, yeah. Yeah. But it is very funny how like you I look mean, at this in the Avengers, right? X-Men. They have a Hulk. Yeah. It's more like X-Men where there's just some that are just like, I'm way more powerful than you. It's right. that uh, that Mitchell and Weblick sketch where it's uh, BMX Bandit and Angel Summoner. It's just like, I could just summon a horde of angelic beings to solve <laughs> right. this. He's like, no, I'm going to solve this right in my BMX. Right. It's watching Super Friends, too, <laughs> yeah, exactly. where Superman just has to sit there, yeah. pretend like he can't solve it in four seconds. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, I think Quartermain can shoot, and he's trying to tailor a boy. Yes, like he that, is. That 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 chin, like the actor who's basically just a chin in this movie. Yeah, the chin guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's Shane just like West, that's, I think. Is his name. And that's what that that and you know it's sad that his career didn't get started. It wasn't a great role. Uh, this was that's all that is right. Did did this this ended one career? Did it start any careers? No. No. <laughs> I, I can't, like, 
Nobody, nobody came this. out of this movie looking good. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking at the cast. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, Jason Fleming People is. Survive. I guess he was already famous, so. Uh, you know. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Yeah. Is he the uh Dr. Jekyll Mr. Hyde guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, people's careers survived, but yeah, it didn't it didn't it's like we collectively forgot about it. It just washed over us. It was the Taco yeah. Bell of Yeah, um, no this didn't launch anybody. This didn't do anything for anyone. It's yeah. yeah. This is another one of those movies where in my mind I'm always like, "Ooh, I got to watch that. That's fun." And then you watch it and you're like, "Right. Right. right. It's not fun." It's, it's not, not that fun. fun. Yeah. Which is a shame, because there's elements. Because it should be. Look at this damn thing. Look at anyway. this yeah. nonsense. Uh, next trailer, Finding Nemo. This is from that era of Pixar. It just has to say, like, yeah, it's Pixar. The other, we did Toy Story. The other big shock um, of this trailer was them counting down every Pixar movie, and it's like four movies. Yep. But that's what they always did. Like yeah. they, they could ride that wave at this era where they're like, you know, we did this, 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 and this. You want to watch this? We're not even going to tell you what it's about. Like I remember they used to tease things of just like, now we're doing fish. Mm-hmm. And all here we have come. to do is prove, like here, we got a few jokes about a fish being dumb. Watch yep. the fucking movie, you dummies. Yeah. <laughs> and th- I think this is a good trailer because it's, I like trailers that are a little, quick little scenes. Right, it's just like a, know? a short scene from the movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kids' movies used to do this more. I think it's a great teaser uh, idea. Yeah, it's weirdly like the Shining trailer. Like it's a little vignette. It's just like here's a quick. It's almost bit like the creative the team at the time was very good at making stories, and yeah. that's why that's why their first like five were classics. It's wild because they don't even justify the name Finding Nemo. When you're watching this, you're like, what does that mean? Like it's just two fish, and one of them's just like trying to get somewhere. That's it. Yeah. And that's all they you don't need. explain Maybe shit. Fish, let's go under the sea. That's all we need yeah. to know. Yeah. Yeah, it's really uh, all we other? needed. Yeah. Now this yeah. was this was a really good one, man. This this was one of my favorites for a while. It's a good film. It's yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. It is taught in. I've read multiple books that cite this as one of the best scripts, like modern scripts ever written. Uh, yeah. It's taught in screenwriting classes. Finding Damn. Nemo is an insane, insane sleeper hit in terms of like critical claim. Like it was, you know it did really well. It was very popular, but like people, like almost unanimously, were like, "Yeah, this is oh my god, this might be the best Pixar." And you know what's right. interesting is I feel like part of the secret is they just sort of not ripped off, but they they took a note from the Land Before Time. It's very Land Before Time. Yeah. Because it's about the A to B searching for someone in this like kind of pit of sadness. Starts with a terrible death by a maniac that doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. Um, it, right. it, it in this in this world of, of talking animals, of talking, there's yeah, one yeah, exactly. one fucking maniac fucking that doesn't yeah. speak. <laughs> I love that about both films where you're like, "Fuck, man!" They're yeah. It's like yeah, they're terrifying. Like a sharp tooth. You're like, what is wrong with that guy? Yeah, what is his deal? <laughs> I, I've always compared Land Before Time to uh, Mad Max for that reason, where it's like he's one of those. It people, is like kind of Mad, Mad Max. Max. Yeah, he's like you just give him like a fucking crazy like metal mask, and he doesn't say anything. Right, and it's an apocalypse. It's an apocalypse journey. It's to get like to a, safety. Yeah, and it's like there's freedom and chaos and anarchy, right? Yeah. Like the idea that anything goes. I got so many problems that I can't right. worry about if you want to go insane. Just and, right. walk away. And, just yeah. start and they're all a doomed. Cult the other something. thing is we know how it'll end for them, yeah. ultimately. Yeah. 
Uh, and so, yeah, it's fucking apocalypse films. Mm-hmm. But yeah, great. Finding Nemo. Uh, <laughs> Finding Nemo. Sure. Great will film. Be a, will be a period piece in like 15 years. Like, or mm-hmm. I think it actually is. If there's someone was pointing out on Twitter at one point, they were like saying uh, the coral reefs that they present in the movie no longer exist. Oh, that makes that's a Finding shame. Nemo a, a fucking period piece. <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah, it's like the equivalent uh. of like. Uh, we gotta erase. Uh, we gotta erase the t- the two towers, the twin towers, yeah. out of that's, these films. That's really depressing. It's really depressing. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, support your uh, local ocean, I guess. <laughs> support your local ocean, folks. Even though it doesn't support you, support your local yeah. planet. It will. Yeah. It will try to destroy you. It hates you. All right, Legally Blonde two, Red, White, and Blonde. I haven't seen either of these. They look fine. I have nothing against them. I've I've seen the first one. I've, I've seen, seen the first one. one, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I just like that she's pretty white woman and they're like, look how hard it is for her. Uh, yeah. I know that's that's a simplistic view of it the is, movie. It but is the reductive, trailer, but it's also not wrong, I guess. Yeah, the trailer <laughs> like presents it that way. I'm like, can you believe this pretty white woman can't make it in Washington? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think love, she'll be just fine. I don't know exactly when the year was, but I love that multiple on this list still have that stereotypical trailer that is movie guy. I'm sure you've talked about this before. In oh yeah. Movie it, guy voice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just like it's, it's start, in America. There's those who make the law and those who make it look good. <laughs> I feel like, like at oh, this oh, era, yeah. that guy was doing the voice ironically. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels like it's usually for comedy. It's definitely for comedies, but it's also for some dramas. Or for action movies right. and stuff. Much less so at this point. Mm-hmm. The trailers we covered last week, it was like there was a every trailer was narrated. Right. Yeah. So um, I wonder when that really was like there was no trailer with the movie guy this, voice this year. This is yeah, this is when it's dying out. There's actually a trailer down the line that had a movie guy voice version of it that I'll point out. But uh and it, it always it felt cheesy at the time. I remember watching it and being like, This feels yeah, you made the you made it seem worse from this voice because it is very at this point like you know. I think it's South Park nineties. You know, like it's you know it's the parody age of the early two thousands, late two thousands that really like right. lampooned that trope to the point that people feel felt like you can do it without it being a joke. You know. Yeah, without it being like a comedy or a kids film now. Like I feel like the people who still get that job doing like like a trolls trailer or something where they're doing that parody. I feel like you can make today in 2023, a movie that use utilize that tactic. Like, like absolutely for a trailer, it would fucking yeah. kill. Right. I think it's, I mean, it's just like any other movie trope, right? It's, it's, yeah. they found that it worked and then they leaned on it and did it too much until people became aware of it. And then they couldn't do yeah. it anymore. Yeah. Yeah, they couldn't do it anymore. And then you bring it back ironically or yeah. in, in a retro way. Yeah, exactly. Throwback. It's endless but circles, fractals, until we die. Yeah. <laughs> you think she becomes president? I hope, I hope so. I hope so. And then the CIA yeah. takes her out for getting too close. I really want this Can't particular... too close to the truth. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want this particular white woman to do well. I. It's very funny because this is... This is post 9-11 so i kind of want to know how they deal with that like i want to i want to see her take on the war on yeah terror. you're right Be- like we were in iraq oh, <laughs> this jesus movie. this is the hype so i'm like fuck man 
This is the well, not when, it, not when it was being made, but yeah. Oh, that's true. But it's very funny to me because they show they're like this. She's put, passing in bills, and they're like it's pink and scented. And like in the the War on Terror era, I can see that being a thing that would irritate lawmakers. Of like, listen, we're deciding whether or not to bomb a country. She's got to have like, a monologue at the least, though. Is like this is the land of the free. Oh yeah, and stuff there's like got to be something, right? I hope so. Yeah, I kind of want to watch just to see just how it tackles see how it that. tackles nine eleven. It's probably yeah. Pretty, yeah. it's probably pretty fascinating. Hmm, yeah. Yes. What a good evening to watch Legally Blonde two. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, yep. Bad Boys two, Ooh. another sequel that absolutely has the line since nine eleven in the trailer. It sure does. Delivered is, by Henry yeah. Rollins. Yeah. This was such a yeah, it was such a trope of this era, right? right. Is they talk about nine eleven any this week of nine ever since nine eleven. Yeah. Yeah, it takes place fucking nine eleven changed the famous, everything. It has the famous Miami sign yeah, that, that definitely exists. Michael Bay definitely didn't build it yeah. for the movie. Oh, I but I mean, it was true at the time. Like, 9-11 yeah, changed changed the world. For, uh, my fucking, yeah. the small town I had, like, they militarized the cops there yeah. in case the terrorists came yeah. to that small-ass town. So, yeah. But you're, you're right. It's like every action movie for the next five, six, seven years had some sort of had reference to, to how, yeah. like, either they've stepped up their game or more often than not, it was how the bad guys have stepped up their game to, like, get around right. our... Our war on terrors. It, it, yeah, it was. Yeah, great well, big old trope too. at the time. Hulk. This movie rocks. Yeah, they couldn't let you forget. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. it was our duty. Uh, it was to never forget. Dave. I love hey. how the first two minutes of this trailer is a basic buddy cop movie. Yeah, like just scene of action, and Martin Lawrence does a joke. Scene of action, Martin Lawrence does a joke. And then the last 30 seconds, it's like Michael Bay just said, shut the fuck up, trailer <laughs> editor. It's time for me to drive. And Bad Boys 2 feels hard. a lot like that, too. Eh? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. It just becomes suddenly serious. I think there's a line where he goes, Martin Lawrence goes, it's my sister. And then literally, like, the music from The Rock comes in. And we just get that just got score. Real. And it's just like, yeah. pew, pew, pew. It's great. Such a good fucking movie. Shit they, just got real. They, this wasn't the better. Tra- the better trailer was the one. I remember the first trailer was they just did the Klansman meeting. Mm-hmm. And then the two Klansmen take off their robes. And it's Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. And it was. I remember like the audience going nuts for yeah, that trailer. Yeah, I remember yeah, that one. You don't know it's Bad Boys 2. Uh, it's a funny scene. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it's a great movie. I think. Yeah. yeah. Too long. Classic Technically. Movie. Yeah, technically a, a, a bottom-heavy movie. Like, it, it has two third acts, but, you know. Yeah. We can forgive it and because one of those third acts is cr- awesome. And from yeah. just a craftsmanship level. Holy They're both shit. pretty awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, both I, of them. I didn't actually, weirdly, I didn't like this movie as much when it came, like, when I saw it, when it came out. Like, I like it a lot more than I did when I first saw it. This so in my opinion, this movie is the only movie on this list. Well, not the only movie actually, um, but one of the only. It's it's when we talked about the action of Charlie's Angels and Tomb Raider and what it got wrong. This got right because we're at the height of hubris, and I remember the scene that always stuck out was when they show it in the trail where they're dumping cars on the highway oh, and the yeah. cars speeding around them. 
And I remember people going like, that CGI is so good. How did they do that? Mm -hmm. And the secret, of course, was it wasn't CGI. They made the car spinning through the, weaving through the crashing car CGI because that's the one car you're not paying attention to. And that's really smart because that's how you actually use CGI. Yeah, you think Like that's the right way to do it. Exactly, exactly. And in the height of hubris of CGI that can do everything, Michael Bay uh, at least he, knew, like, l- no, the stunts should be real. Yeah. Keep the stunts real. You can never, you, the digital effects can get as good as they want, but you can never take away Michael Bay's need to blow shit up. Yeah. Right, because it doing it all in CGI means he doesn't get to do it on Exactly, set. yeah. He's not going to stand for that. It's like the one time where his, mad, his madman brain is used for good. There are two right. wolves in my in Michael Bay, <laughs> and they both eat cars. They yeah. both want to blow stuff up. Uh, By any Michael means Bay. necessary. He's history's greatest monster. Yeah, he truly, in many is. ways. I salute yeah. you. I I salute you, Michael Bay. Michael Bay. Um, should we get to this next one? Yeah, more let's sequels. Do it. So many fucking sequels. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Ugh. Mm. Ugh. I still maintain that this is the best post-T2 sequel. And I know that's controversial. I know yeah, I'll get canceled for that and go on Adam Carolla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Go where you belong. It's yeah. insane. Why. Yeah, okay. Can I explain Hit why? It, One, there are still stunts in it. And that that there are other t- Terminators that also have stunts, for the record, <clears throat> but this this did do a lot more like practical stuff. Yeah. Uh, two, it's the it's the only one where Arnold doesn't have to. They don't have to explain a reason why Arnold's older. Mm-hmm. Um, for the record, they shouldn't have made any after T two. Obviously. No. How, how many years and was T two? Yeah. Sorry. Twelve years. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Three. Even though it is kind of not, it's kind of a bummer, and it's not best story it still felt like a story that someone sat and thought about for a minute that continued the terminator 2 mm-hmm. plot line uh and those are my three reasons uh i would say obviously the newest one is pretty fucking badass too but at that point i was so fatigued by terminator films that right. i was just like i would i would put that one over this one yeah i i, I bet I bet when I uh, remove my emotions from it, you're right, you know? Mm-hmm. This also was kind of... I remember the first trailer for this was the... I think it was uh, uh, the T-1000 goo forming a T, and that was it. And that was kind of cool. It's also a shitty robot. Oh, yeah. you don't like Lady Terminator? I like. Well, she's great. I like the... the s- the, I, I liked the, the idea of what she could do, but the design kind of sucked. See, I, I liked her. She was terrific. But when the you actress. take her skin off. And what it was was that it felt like it was all the T1000. It was the T1000 minus. Like, the thing about the T1000 was it was like, how are you going to fucking beat this guy? Yeah. There's literally only one situation. You have to crash into a fucking uh, a factory that's melting down metal. Um, but by giving. But then taking the T1000, giving it an exoskeleton, it's like, well, that just makes it weaker. Yeah, that does, that like takes away what made the team. They 1000. already took it to eleven. They all they, yeah, yeah exactly. they they all struggle with that. Like even in Dark Fate, which is the one that I said, I, which I think is better than three. Like it's still basically just well, what if the T one thousand 
was on a regular Terminator because that's all it really is. It's like yeah, yeah exactly. He can make his his like metal skeleton come off and make like a little T one thousand. So it's they've been chasing that ever since. Like you're never gonna yeah. you're yeah, never gonna top that villain. It's you, great. You know what? You're absolutely the only way right. Just make two T one thousands. That's the only <laughs> really? way. Really? Right? Honestly, yeah. like an army of them. You know, like at yeah. that point, yeah, you're absolutely right because they they'd already upped it to such a level. That at this point, any Terminator after Terminator 2, in my opinion, is just colored lightsabers. It's like, we already got lightsabers. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, he made his own lightsaber. That has emotional resonance. And then it's like, I don't know, let's do like a yellow one and like a purple one. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, who gives a shit at this point? The lightsabers, you know? So how can you do do, uh, more than two? Yeah, you'd have to do an army of them, but there's already an army of them, kind of in, hinted at. So you just yeah, have what, to up the stakes and make it more time travel stuff, or do something else with it. And at that what point, you actually, it's not a Terminator movie, right? What you actually do is you don't make any more after T two. You just don't make it. <laughs> there's anymore. a hell of an idea, and that's yeah. And, yeah. and so it's like it's a shit sandwich judging competition here that we're doing. But my uh, my other case for Terminator three um, is that. It, it, Dark Fate again. Dark Fate. I get why that has better action and it has some gnarlier scenes and the director is really doing some cool shit. But Terminator Three was was it was pure of all the like reboot stuff, right? Because like after Terminator Three, they start trying to reinvent stuff. Terminator Three was like, okay, here's a sequel. We're done. Was it a great sequel? Not really. But then they were like, okay, well, let's let's, let's do like the war, the I'll future g- uh, war. I'll give it. Nope, I'll, nobody nobody went with that. I'll give it. Mick f- G directed it. I'll give it to that one for tr- truly trying something different, like Abe was saying. Yeah, like they're like, well, yeah. we can't do this anymore, obviously, because we're never going to top what T two was. Also, so let's just make the war that everybody's been talking about that we've yeah, never seen. Yeah. Oh, t- like yes, make a reimagining, that, basically. Yeah. yeah. That that's probably the best direction they could have gone. Right. In, it's for just, sure. That movie is not good. <laughs> But it's every yeah. single movie after Terminator 3 is basically a different offer of like, well, wh- wh- what should we try this? this? Should we try that? You guys like this? What about that? Let's, <laughs> let's erase T2 and reboot it. And it's like, no, what are you fucking idiots? And then they and then Dark Fate is the fad of let's bring back the old actors. That was part of that fad that we were doing, right? The Laurie yeah. Strode of it right, all. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like they all kind of glom onto whatever fad of the time they were a part of oh, to yeah. try to offer something. So, and that's why... It's a little like James T- Bond in that way. Yeah. yeah. And so like T3 to me is the only one that felt like they were like, no, let's just make another Terminator with Schwarzenegger and a new, and he fights a new fucking robot. Uh, and like, let's continue the story in some way. Let's not reboot it. Let's not fucking try to you know uh bring back or do some new gimmick or whatever so that's that's why to me it feels like that's when the series i guess ends but Mm -hmm. at the same time i mean it's not a great film it's it's kind of a stinker (laughs) stop making terminator movies now i like yeah i like some of the idea i like that he gets possessed and has to like fight i i thought the ending was a cool like dark idea um I will. I, I will know. give it to the ending. That was a ballsy ending for a movie like it's this. It's a ballsy ending. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Uh, you've seen these movies? I thought this was <laughs> high cast. Uh, 
We're just doing trailers. Like it's, it's the only Terminator that does that, right? Because every other Terminator is like, but wait, there's other. It's not John Connor after all, or it's not this. Like they keep trying to, they keep uh, moving the goalposts, right? Every Terminator movie uh, is part of it is to move the goalposts, which T3 also kind of did. Uh, and it all speaks to a movie series that sh- never should have happened. Yeah. That's all. I think we've properly dunked on <laughs> t- t- all right. the yeah, really, Should we really talk about our final trailer? Yes, we, we really should. gave it a lashing. A what full? Final trailer. Uh, oh, no, one last thing, that'll, T3. That'll teach what? that goddamn <laughs> T3. It yeah. won't hurt anybody ever again. <laughs> I, I, the, one, the one final thing I want to say is T3 was the one that had a announcer trailer. Where the guy gets the guy yeah. went on and went. There's a new Terminator, the <laughs> yes. TX, yes. and it was just like, ugh. It feels like, right. yeah, it feels wrong. Yeah, it feels wrong. Final one: Pirates of the Caribbean: The Curse of the Black Pearl. Wow, man. Now this movie, this fucking new action, like this... more than Bad Boys Two, even. This, this trailer rocks. This movie rocks. It's um, a good movie. It's, this, it's a good movie. The movie is insane. Yeah, yeah. it's it. I have <clears> thoughts <throat> on this just because it's almost like the shots. Every shot in this trailer is like an instant classic because the shots in this movie are like an instant classic. It develops a world so fucking well, and it's yeah. not like the action they're doing. I mean, like. In the trailer, at least, because they're not giving you the big set pieces just out of the gate, which just is just glimpses of them, yeah. Right, and it's so it's not any different from any action adventure trailers that we're seeing at from this era, or even now. But where, just even the establishing, just like people chatting and stuff, you see behind them a whole fucking pirate village and shit. You gotta be amped about this movie because it's like it fucking looks like Pirates of the Caribbean, and it's Hell just yeah. like. It's such good world building, and because uh, every shot in the movie is so. I but. love. Well, I, I not, maybe that's not the right word to say, but I think it's really interesting to watch this trailer because they don't know that it's Captain Jack Sparrow yet, right? They don't know that this character is right. going to be a know. huge phenomenon. But again, that's sort of the benefit, right? Well, I, just, I would argue to, if you put, just oh, to finish on. the thought is so the trailer doesn't do that sort of annoying obnoxious thing that a lot of trailers will do where it's like it's like waits for the applause moment when it shows the character or it yeah. you know what later trailers would do where would show him being like over the top goofy or something yeah, it just Johnny like Depp treats him like huge, a really he, exactly yeah he wasn't so this this trailer doesn't build him up at all really it just kind of treats him like another character uh and mm. he sort of they you get the it's it's like meeting Han Solo for the first time or like yeah, watching yeah. this trailer and then also watching this movie for the first time. You really kind of don't know what he's going to do, right? Like you don't know if he's going to yeah. be a good guy or not in the end. It's like um, meeting I really really liked interesting Rebo to... for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I liked It was nice to be reminded ambiguous. of that. Exactly, yeah. 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 I, honestly, all three, the f- first three movies, I think aren't, I know people get really mad about like the last one. I think all three aren't bad. I think they did a really good system, which is uh, the Matrix system. Make one standalone film. Go, did you guys like this? We can, like, there's definitely more room for more. And then make a two-parter. And they should have stopped after that, obviously. Yeah. But they like money. And I do think there's, like, if you put them all in a graph, they all get gradually worse. True. um, I do do like the second one. 
Oh, well, I was going to say, I, I think the second one's perfectly fine, and the third one still has its moments as well. The charm That's why they all get gradually dissipates. worse. It's diminishing yeah. returns is all. Exactly, to the point yeah. that the last one, I saw the last one for the first time on an airplane, because it was like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, and it's sort of that, oh, it's you like mean a like perfect... The last one, meaning the most recent one? Yeah. Ah, I see. Yeah. It's sort of a case study of like, this is exactly what goes wrong, right? They made an original... I mean, it's still based off something, but they made a original feeling oh, movie ba- like with a rich, cool world that everybody liked, and then they just drove it into the ground. They made three, took a bow, and then said, well, let's make like three more. And, it's it, and then like, everybody got sick of it because yeah. they didn't know when to stop. It's almost like we shouldn't make sequels unless it's James Cameron in the right. 80s and 90s. I, I again, I think they I think they these three films, I think they they were I think they did okay. I really like the cliffhangers of the second one. The her betraying Jack Sparrow was a That's really a good one. Like they they did shit with the characters that like you compared it to Star Wars. They do a Star Wars model, right? The mm-hmm. second one ends in this really like downer place. So, I do think all three films deserve to exist. <clears throat> and yeah, yeah, I yeah. think we're an accomplishment. I just think then they Absolutely. were just like, well, we can certainly make more after this. Yeah. And it's like, no, you barely got by with the third one. Like the third one, I think, tested people's patience a little bit. It's it's more bad than good in my memory. I haven't revisited it, it in es- a while. They escalate. So like the the issue, of course, is like, I don't think it's controversial to say the best thing about Pirates of the Caribbean action-wise is the fact that it's all practical. They built real boats. They had real sword fights. The fucking wheel fight in the second one. Mm. They did shit that you're like, this is so cool. mm, cool." Chef's kiss, Dave. Pirate's kiss. But then by the third, they have great visual effects stuff, though, going on. Oh, there is. is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, shout out, by the way. Did you know that... Uh, did I ever tell you that one of the DPs that we worked with was like one of the like I don't I don't he he worked he was like middle of the road in terms of the an, uh, animation group that did all of the um, zombification stuff. Oh, nice! In the movie, and he's like, "Yeah, that shit looks I good." Did that shit. <laughs> this is like, the cool, perfect balance effect. of all that. I thought, right? It's it's like we use real sets, real stunts. But we did like out of this world creature design and shit. Yeah. It's the best of both worlds. I agree. But it escalates to this whirlpool fight. If you remember the third film, yeah, that's almost like all CGI because it has to escalate, right? Yeah, and, and so, so it has like, to be bigger. So it has to be CGI. It has to be bigger. And then so they like I can see people going like that was a little too much. But then it ends, and so like again take a bow. But then where do you go from there? Nowhere. Mm-hmm. And and so they they just couldn't fucking. This stop. is like the perfect era of like action movies have been made to such a like perfected art from all around. Like all the craftspeople who were involved in the explosions, the stunts, the the choreography had yeah. work had got to work on so many that they were like really good at it, and they knew how to do it. So it's in this era of like you get uh, like Mask of Zorro, and you get this movie, and it's just like they're. They're fucking nailing it, and they're using light CG just to clean up stuff and make things more spectacular. But ultimately, you know, like make backgrounds more epic or whatever. Ultimately, that explosion, that dust cloud was there. And it's just like it makes it feel right. Yeah, this is a kind of peak of visual effects a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, Because they were still doing like, 
like Jurassic Park 3, weird thing to reference, had things like still had animatronics and stuff mixed with CGI. They, they had found the balance and then they kind of went too far after this. Yeah, I think they just went too far because the stakes had to be higher. Uh, our insatiable thirst for more death right. and destruction. Which is <laughs> funny because I also likened it to the hubris. Mm-hmm. This is the height of the hubris because we were already making those mistakes, right? We were already... Because that that's the thing is that the 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 movies that did bad here are the ones who thought oh we can do everything with CGI and it was like no it didn't look good enough, but these movies like Pirates knew to like, you know, in small doses yeah. do it right exactly. spend a little bit of, uh, a lot of time on a little bit because otherwise it's gonna look like shit yeah, for real yeah that was the secret of Jurassic Park right is. It was only like 13 CGI shots total. Right. And they spent yes. fucking they seemed together, a year on it. You know, by, you know, throwing everything at it. All the, yeah. just like, what's the best version of this shot? How Okay, well, that's not CG. That's, you know, we just make a puppet. Um, right. The one nitpicky I would have was actually with the trailer, because this trailer, I think, tonally is so wrong for this movie. If you go watch the original trailer for Black Pearl... Like, it is pitching not a fun adv- action right. adventure it, it sort of disguises that it's funny. There's some yeah, jokes I, in it. Um, they cut, I remember uh, actually... Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, sorry, I remember actually being mad at the movie because I thought I was going in for a horror movie. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? This isn't a horror movie. In fact, what's wild to me is that on this trailer, there's so many jokes and so much, like, joviality in Black in the Pirates of Caribbean franchise and because of Johnny Depp's, you know, performance, they play the line where he gets, like, the woman comes up to him and slaps him, and then he goes, I may have deserved that. We all know the line, right? With that scene. Yeah. Yeah. They, t- they do it twice in this trailer. Did you notice that? They do oh, no, it no, as they the do bumper. The, they do the previous the, line. Yeah, but don't they they show the slap itself as a part of the montage of things happening? I just thought it was like they don't do any jokes other than like, like I don't know. It's That's just like they reuse the same joke rather than using other sequences where he's even more funny or you know. Yeah, charismatic. I, right. That's right. Yeah, I mean it is, it is the same joke. It just builds on itself in the scene. Like he gets slapped by one woman and he says, "I'm not sure I deserve right. that." And then he gets slapped by the next woman. He's like, so it's, it's I like, may have deserved that one. It is a setup and punchline, but yeah. it's just funny that they don't use... That's the only humor in the whole fucking thing. That's they show, one of the parts... They show him... They show a scene where Depp is explaining um, how the zombies work, and he's being kind of jokey in that. But Yeah, yeah you get a vibe for who he is, but it's not like yeah. a joke joke. Um, right, right. It's not yeah, like a Yeah, maybe I'm wrong about that. I just thought that, that it was stuff well, like that that made it the trailer not feel tonally like it's, consistent. No, you're absolutely right. It it does downplay it to make it feel like it's just going to have like, you know, like a couple of jokes or one-liners like an action thriller tends to have. It it really does downplay the fact that this there's a lot of comedy in, in Pirates of the like, Caribbean. And and the whole movie does this, but I love the progression of like the pirates are scary in this one. Like the the guy looking through the fucking at Elizabeth, like and that and shit. And they it. by the yeah by the third movie they're like Happy Meal toys, right? Yeah. Like it's so funny how that progression happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the uh, Davy Jones and all his guys are still pretty intense by that third movie. 
Right. But it, w- oh, they yeah, have to for do sure, this thing where like, they're like the, the undead have to be charismatic and fun and cute. Too. Yeah. I do think it, it is jokey. I do think that's part of the problem with the sequels is they are a little too cartoony, right? Like when he's escaping the cannibals, it's just Bugs Bunny shit. Yeah. Like it became it. They it. This is definitely a you know, a, a above the rest considerably only because once they realized that Jack Sparrow was the thing, they're like, okay, well, extra Jack Sparrow, really lean on it, really make it like he's boinging around the set doing doing crazy <laughs> shit, yeah. teetering on the side of stuff all the time, and he became a fucking cartoon character after right. this movie. Yeah, Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, should we talk about news stories? Should we think some producers first? Let's do it. All right. Big thank you to Deborah is awesome. Barbara is great and cancer can go to hell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Dracula, the bus driving vampire. Thank you. Thank you to Driftless, a.k.a. Gooch Cop. Thank you so Thank much. you. Thank you to E.T., the extravagant terrestrial. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Evil Ed 209. Thank you. Thank you to Exploding Runes. Thank you. Thank you to Funky J. Mostly comes out at night. Mostly. Thank you so much. Thank you to Heathcliff's Helping Handfuls. Thank you. Thank you to ImpossibleWorlds.net. Read issue two and keep sci-fi alive. Do it. Thank you to James Cameron's Prolax, Prolapse Locomotive. Thank choo you. Choo choo. Uh, let me sweep in here. Thank you to Chris Shanovich. Thank you. Thank you to Look Mom on a podcast. Thank you. Thank you to Mabel. Step on me. Step, Step on, on me. me. Thank you to Mackenzie Fuck Shuffling with Willem Dafoe's Confusingly Large Dick Chill. Thank you. Thank you to Mercurial Oz. Thank you. Thank you to Mike the Lurker. Thank you. Thank you to Mr. Tell Your Wife How Many Patreon Subscriptions You Have Before You Agree to Buy a House. Thank you. Thank you to musical guest Rob Ritchie. Thank you. Thank you to No One Can Hear You Scream and Space McNulty. Thank you. And thank you to Norm from Cheers. Thank you. Okay. We got some SAG news, some strike news. This is strike cast strike cast. After strike all. cast. There's a bit of um not controversy. There's a bit of a debate against uh, around um these exemptions for indie films. Viola Davis and Sarah Silverman, I believe, are the two people who kind of spoke up. Viola Davis um could have continued filming this indie film she's working on. Um, and Abe, you're, you're in it, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the debate is on one side they're saying, you know, these movies will end up um, going to big companies for distribution, right? Like yeah. uh, you, you're, you're filming these indie things, but they ultimately, they become a bidding war. And so it gives these... Uh, an advantage and it also makes it so that the companies don't feel the heat of the strike uh that's that's what people like viola davis is saying um on the other side they're saying the a couple things which is one that the bidding wars actually don't happen until the strike is over Mm -hmm. so that's actually an important thing to know is that they it still gives them kind of an advantage because the movie's already done um but they would only be selling these for distribution after the strike uh and also sag um argues that it shows the bigger studios that there are right they're, they're showing that they're reasonable right they're saying like like we don't want to punish the indie world we're showing that like if an indie film actually agrees to our terms we don't have a problem with them right yeah um i do see both sides of this i'm a moderate here yeah 
What do you guys think? I kind of yeah, feel I the mean, same way, so I'm interested to hear what Abe has to say. Yeah, so, like, I guess I have a slightly different take just because, like, I, I'm kind of moderate or, like, I feel like that's a good that's a good standpoint, but, like, uh, for a lot of people to be because, like, as long as you're supporting the strike, I think you're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? And so yes, da- Davis is definitely saying, and, you know, just to clarify, I think you your rundown was kind of right, but it's just the idea that um, if you – if you are supporting, like, the, the goal of all any movies, any indie movie or, uh, you know, like a, a larger one, the ones that she kind of mentions is, like, A24 got a lot of exemptions and kind of a, like, cutout. Um, you know, like, Mel Gibson's new movie kind of got a cutout as well because right. not... And we're unsure of exactly why, but this was a negotiation between SAG-AFTRA and the... Uh, AMPTP, which is basically who, like, that's who we're kind of against at this yeah. point, right? The um, the filmmakers behind The Vast of Night, their movie has gotten a green light to keep going. Right, and these are, and so, and not all movie re- movies are equal. Some of them have 5 million budgets, some of them have 10 million budgets, you know, some, some of them have, you know, like the movie that I'm currently making with Michael Swain, which is uh, a feature that's just completed its crowdfunding in June and has been ramping up pre-production ever since. And we're ho- we were hoping initially to like kind of shoot by the end of the year. And we've seen it kind of like a go for broke for us, right? So a lot is riding on this feature and we are, we haven't talked to anyone who's remotely close to the AMPTP. So we're far, so far out of the circle of Hollywood that we're not really on the radar at all, but we're hopeful right. that we could cast someone of note that might raise our budget in the, uh, in the eyes of the investors. Now here's where it gets tricky because Davis came out and kind of said, and I still feel rightfully so. I think her point is is very well spoken. Is that like you need to kind of say no to all of it? It's a very kind of binary system. So even if you're an ultra low budget like our movie is. Uh, which is under 700k, you know, kind of thing, and that's like literally a distinction that is made by, you know, companies when they say like, what kind right. of movie are you making? It's ultra low budget, you know, it's like so small. Uh, those people are getting punished too. Now, the reason that exemptions exist really comes down to the concept of like there is more people affected by the strike than like career-wise just getting a job having a job you know like right now the grips and the electrics and the you know like sound mixers they all can't whereas you writers can be writing scripts right now and just being actively not selling them in order to make the strike work the sound mixers aren't on strike they're not getting any benefit from this at all so all they have to do all they have is work stoppage and so they're like, okay, so SAG-AFTRA knows this. They're, you know, not without empathy. And so they're like, even though we have this, you know, insurmountable goal, we're still going to cut out some stuff so that, like, really small indies can work. And Viola Davis is kind of saying, even that is, we should not be doing that. And I think I see your point. Um, it just scares I, me because I'm making a small movie and I'm like, of all, like we were already up against the system, man. We, we haven't even talked to anybody. We're just trying to make a movie. And now we're just like, uh, I, I'm not going to speak for Viola Davis, but I feel like if you went to her and explained it, she'd be like, oh yeah, you're fine. Maybe. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, I do think, so the point of a strike, right? Um, a labor strike like this is to, you know, cut off a supply line. Right. Is to cut is to say no more you don't get any more 
uh, of us until you meet our demands, period. And so I guess it's a question of what is the most effective way to do that. Like uh, for the WGA stuff, I'm not in the WGA, but obviously I'm not going to scab or anything. But I am like talking to people who've made movies about planning stuff. But obviously they're not big studios or anything. It's all still very small. Right. And it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with like creatives planning movies together, obviously. Right. Like that's that's not even um, in a blurry space plays right but then it's like all right but what if you're matthew mcconaughey suddenly you're not just a creative right you're a big money draw you are part of that uh that 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 pipeline going to the studios so i can see why some of these indie films is kind of missing the point yeah where it's like okay well you're basically making a big film at this point yeah i don't think Um, and like yes it's not going to the studio but it will and it is part of that. And so the studio will get that. Um, and you're not. But it, it is like this kind of a blurred line that gets less blurred the smaller budget it gets. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it also doesn't factor in the structure of how like kind of budgets work in Hollywood in terms of not like how making a budget works. But like what are the laid out? You have the $200 million pictures. Obviously those ones. You have the $100 millions, Obviously. You have the... F- Thir- right. $30 million, very rare. They still exist. Those ones are also no. But when we start getting in the $15 million ter- territory, you know, the $20 million territory, this is where like well known companies like A24 thrive. And it's like if they're getting exemptions, like just because we're not a part of the system, does that mean we should suffer m- even more so? Uh, so it's, right. it's this very kind of gray issue. Um, I think it's a system where like, can you even apply for exemptions? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I feel weird about it. I feel bad about it. I'm very scared. Uh, It's sort of we talked about this with the digital stuff as well, where it's like, you know, certain like Internet isn't even on the radars. um, And they're very broad about stuff where they're like no influencers. And it's like, well, where do you when do you become an influencer? When does that define you like Mr. Beast? Yeah, that makes sense. Although for the record, he claims that. He is because Mr. Beast got Always working in Mr. trouble Beast for crossing the, the picket line. That's yeah. why I brought him up before. Yeah. But he he claims that it was a deal he made before the strike that he has to fulfill, which would be would which exempt him from it. But I don't True. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not keeping up with Mr. Beast news. Yeah, Point are. being <laughs> that like it's it's all this kind of blurry line thanks to the internet, which is like what does it mean to be an influencer? Um, it's how many people have to follow you for that. And what does it mean to be an indie film? What, it, it, you know, yeah, where's content like, generated from? And that is the basic question at the heart of the strike is the people yes. sh- that like, who makes the content? Who's the engine? Where does it start? And had those people should be paid, uh, uh, you know, properly. Yes. So I think that while I'm saying stuff like it's a gray issue and I have, you know, I have a dog in this fight a little bit and I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm sure some of your listeners might be like, Oh, shut up. It's not that complex of a moral issue. You shouldn't be a part of the problem. Just don't make your movie. I get it. Um, I'm not like a victim here, but I'm also not a, a part of the union. <laughs> and I don't think, I don't think the idea of trying to stretch and be like, Hey, maybe someone who has a little bit more notoriety, could be in my stupid little movie maybe i should try to at least reach for that and not be like blacklisted so i'm terrified of that but at the same time 
obviously the priority is because I hope to one day be a part of the WGA. You know, I hope to one day be a part of a union like that um, who really protects its people. Uh, you need to solidarities first, you know, first and foremost. So it's, right. it's tough to deal with the Davis story just because it's like, I want to just be able to be like one united front, but I do see the validity in what she's saying. Absolutely. Right. That's part of the critique. I feel like um, with her and Sarah Silverman, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but part of it's like solidarity. All right. We, we're, we're drawing a line except for you guys. And then it's like, wait, what? Like, yeah. so where's the line? Like that, that's been my criticism this whole time with the messaging, which is like, they, it's like really hard because it's like, we all want to support it. We all, again, everybody, Viola Davis, Sarah Silverman, they've all definitely said, like, listen, we all want the same goal. We're all on the same side. Right. And the point is to fight them more than we fight amongst ourselves. Um, so it's not, it shouldn't be seen as, like, infighting. Because it doesn't feel like that, to be honest. It feels more like this discussion that's happening where it's like, well, if we want to keep this hard line, then why, you know, the exemptions make it confusing, Right. Um, yeah. And there's all, and then the world of, you know, digital content creators, I guess is what they would be called. Like, where do they fall in line? And like you said, that's the whole point of the strike at the same time. So it's like, it's just interesting how much more complicated this is yeah, now versus the last strike. Because when like, you turn on all the, when you turn on the lights in the decrepit room that the studios have been built, all the cockroaches scatter. And so yeah. you see all the problems, all the holes in the walls and you need, yeah. to, and you kind of be, want to be like, Oh, that, yep, that should be fixed too. And that needs to be fixed. So it's, it's a lot, it's, it's a lot. And a lot of people, if you follow the strike have been talking about this and, the, the lack of binary there, but also um, there needs to be solidarity and there needs to be a push. So that's why I think we should lobby to be like SAG-AFTRA, be very, uh, let's be a little bit more discerning in the movies that we choose here. Let's not be doing deals just because, you know, it yeah. employs the right people. Let's really just support the lowest of the low. It's hard because people like what they do. So, like, the, uh, there was that bus driver strike, I forget what country it was out of, where they talked about how instead of not working, they just True. didn't charge in everybody yeah. to go on the bus. Because that accomplishes the same thing, right? It cuts off the money. Yeah. Is really what... But you can't do that in this industry. No. And that's the problem. Is people love making movies. So, like, strikes... That's what the studios are also betting on, right? They're like, oh, they'll want to keep making stuff. Exactly. And it's true... And you need money to make stuff, and they have the mm -hmm. money. And so that's the dilemma. So we'll keep watching, and we'll keep listening, and whatever they say uh, officially, you know, we're going to do. I just yeah. I just think about the last three years of working very hard on this thing, and then right when we're about, like, all right, and go, and then someone fires the starting pistol right before, and right. we're like, oh, maybe not. All right, everyone hold up. All right. Because there's so much is writing on it. So it's a unique experience uh, and I really do think we should be listening to all these people. Yeah. Tom, yeah. you have any thoughts? No, no. Let's talk about Donald Glover. You know, <laughs> Donald Glover has taken over as the writer of the Lando show. Sure. I don't think because of all the things we just <laughs> said, I don't think he's like doing anything right mm, now. Probably not. Um, but I, I just thought this was interesting that there is a Lando show still. And I feel like what happened is every all the Lucasfilm stuff is so tied up and they don't know what to do that I feel like they're just like, all right, Donald, you're, you're going like, to wipe do it. everything and start over yeah. again. 
Yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like they just fucking hit the reset button. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, this could be good um, when it eventually happens. It's just, I can't believe how Star Wars, how they're just like, they have no fucking clue what to do. Right. It's become this t- television show now. Yeah. It's it's a meme. It's a fucking meme. The, <laughs> yeah. One of the greatest franchises and bankable IPs of all time is twiddling its thumbs going, it's too, it's too big. It has it's to fail. Big. Like, it's, yeah. there's nothing we can do. We don't know who to please. We don't know what is the smart choice. And it's so funny because you just go online and it's, it really is a testament to how much love is in this, like, in Star Wars. Where it's just like everyone has the answer. This is what you right. do. Mm-hmm. I have a. I told you guys I have a Star Wars movie pitch. Yeah, you got the answer. Yeah, lay it on me. Yeah. All right. So it is. It takes place, um, I believe, between the the original films and the new ones. It would be that. It'd be the we're hunting Jedi era. Uh-huh. And I, you guys, uh, you guys know some of this, but I've really fleshed it out. It would be a pod racing film. Oh yeah, um, you did tell me. About and about this. a <laughs> a young kind of a Luke Skywalker type who's a pod racer on what is it Tatooine who yeah. wants to make it big, and then the villain is a is another racer who he realizes has um, the Force. So the villain is actually using the Force to win races. races. So it's this normal schmo who has to fight. But then the added idea is the Empire shows up to like watch the pod racing. Like perhaps Vader even is in the audience. He used to pod race. And so he's <laughs> caught with this dilemma of like he, he could turn part. in his rival easily. Like yeah. it, because his rival is like a Jedi essentially. He could turn in his rival but he doesn't want to. It's so beautiful. there's like this cool added idea of like still fuck the Empire it's, it's but also fuck dude. you. So, like, the villain is kind of, like, he's, the villain is a Jedi who's an asshole, but he's not going to turn him into the Empire. I think that would be a good little Fucking drama a, there. man. It's beautiful. Wouldn't it? I'm still... And he has to yeah, yeah. fucking race he against has, and the... And he has to the, win. He has to win. I was he has so, to win against the Force-sensitive race. I was, I was listening so intently because I was so sure you were doing a bit. No, it's like trying to figure out. Okay, what movie What's is your, this? That, I know he's is, doing no. some bullshit. What's your angle, fucker? Yeah. <laughs> no, I know I he's just going to describe legit, the fugitive in the Star that's Wars a really universe. Good standalone <laughs> pod racing film. It's, it's just going to describe it's Phantom not, Menace. Yeah, no, I like uh, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. I think it's not. I think, it's like Sea Biscuit. It's a horse race movie, but with pod. pod I think racing. I think Vader. You might Vader would sense the force, so that's that's a, a screenwriting yeah, hurdle. Yeah, well, you so, could you could do a thing jump. where they have to like he helps him. He like wins the race and then has to help him escape Vader well, or something. He's, he's, uh, the Vader, right the, the Vader is to make the executives get hard. You right, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, get rid right. like, yeah, yeah, he takes the bugs out. Ideally, there wouldn't be a single legacy character in it, but it's like. You know, you you want to stick something in there for people, so for you can the, do that for all the Vader heads, all the Vader heads out there. You gotta you make make the fucking Sebulba origin movie, you fucking cowards! Oh uh, yeah. Oh, did you guys hear that? Uh, no. Dexter Jetster is getting a short story. Like he's getting no, he's yeah, getting short in the new yeah. There's they have an uh, anthology of short stories that Star Wars make it a long story. Out. And <laughs> Dexter Jexter has a no nah, man. I hope Dexter Dexter family dying. I didn't hear that news. Yeah, yeah. Look it up. 
Sweet. Cool. Short story. Did you hear the news? I um, want to hear. I want to read about him burning down his 1950s diner for yeah, exactly. insurance Why money. does he love yeah. the 50s so much? Yeah. Why does he know about the American oh, what if it's a time travel? What if he time traveled to the, the future, I guess, the 1950s? Was he always fat or did he just let himself go? I don't know. I don't know, man. Might we, don't, we don't know what happened in his life. I need to yeah. know. Uh, final story is just that fucking HBO Max after the rebranding lost 1.8 million subscribers because of course Good it did. Them. You t- you turned into Max, mm-hmm. you idiots. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, I I don't uh, even like. I'm not even happy about it. I'm just like, yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, they're gonna have you to jackasses. sell soon, man. They're gonna maybe you need to get rid of the person well, in charge. Also today, Zaslav said like, oh, we we saved a hundred million dollars last quarter because of the strike. Right. Because like, again, it's all yeah, monster. You, it's you all saved a hundred million sheet. dollars. You sure did. S- yeah, spin, <laughs> spin it until you fucking die. <laughs> but it is because like he, all he has to do is like, uh, yeah, a bunch of business schools just look at a spreadsheet and go like, oh, this looks like you did good because you, the this number went up and this number went down, so we're good. That's and it's ridiculous the things they can say are a win because of that yeah, yeah that's all it is it's kind of like how yeah. sometimes uh like climate change is presented like with people like who it's not all that bad you know it's yeah like, exactly the numbers are actually we're doing better yeah <laughs> no cool yeah, yeah i guess no, it's kind of no, warmer no, no. july the hottest month right. in the history of the world yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in recorded history hottest month mm. july no, 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 2023 no, no, no. It's, it's actually natural you see we're doing fine yeah <laughs> yeah. uh, spin it baby should we think some what's that nothing let's right. do it let's thank, thank some, more, some people. more producers yeah. uh big old sloppy thank you to pete for pagel uh, thank you big wet thanks thank you to numino ultra microscopic silicone volcano coniosis anti-disestablishmentarianism jones thank you try thanks. thank you to Mm, thank you to pre-order TikTok superstar jason parge's new book zoe is too drunk for this dystopia pre-orders are super important thank, thank you, you. Thank you to Rev MD. Thank you. Thank you to Ricky Cilantro. Big old thank you. Thank you to Rosemary's Baby from Eraserhead. Thank you. Thank you to Screaming Horse Pyramid. Thank you. Thank you to Sorry Cop, world's most laughable centrist. Thank you so much. Thank you to Steven. Thank you. Thank you to the conveniently placed self-destruct button on the top of every baby's head. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you to the Midnight Patron with patrons at midnight. Yeah, thank baby, you. yeah. Let me swoop in here. Thank you to the Oatmeal Savage. Thank, Thank you. to the producer formerly known as the ghost of Dave Thomas. Thank you. Thank you to the 2B Terror Bunny demands you enter the ninja with Franco Nero. Thank you. Thank you to these seven bees. Thank you. Thank you to Tiger George Pratt Thompson. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Thank you. Thank you to Tip Drizzle. Thank you. Thank you to Tux. Tux. Thank you to Vincent. Thank you. Thank you to Why Don't You Take a Flying Fuck at the Moon. Thank you. Thank you to your mom. Yes. And thank you to Zzz, because Pie Guy liked being last. Thanks. Thanks. Dave. Thanks. Dave. Yeah. What? Um, in, in the interest of, of uplifting some, some small productions uh, yeah. that, are, that, are just, that are just trying to get seen in the, in the midst of all this uh, AM, whatever, whatever the acronym is, in the midst of all, <laughs> that, all that corporate greed, yep. do you have a movie that deserves more hype? Oh, you know I do. Dave, you blessed freedom fighter. Yeah. This is uh, my pod racing Star Wars movie. 
Seriously, no, this is, it deserves more hype. Deserves more hype. Now, this is a little movie called uh, Our Father the Devil. Uh, it is not a horror movie. Well, it's kind of a horror movie, but it's not a supernatural movie. This is coming out August 25th on VOD, and I believe some limited theatrical runs. Um, you kids like Death in the Maiden much? Uh, you know, you know, everybody loves Death in the Maiden. Yep. Um, that's that's kind of this uh, which is to say it's bleak as shit Um, it takes place in a French village uh, a woman working at a retirement home um, and there's a new priest in town Um, sorry I'm telling this wrong she also has a past of trauma we're not sure which she comes from a village where it's very clear they were all murdered Uh, something horrible happened in this village uh, and then there's a new priest who arrives at this retirement home and she immediately passes out at the sight of him. And of course, you know, she recognizes him. Um, this is why this is kind of death in the maiden. So she's pretty sure this guy has committed some atrocities. Uh, and uh, so she fucking kidnaps his ass and is going to do the torture. going to do the um, tortures. It's a revenge thriller, but... It feels like it follows like you're you're like old boys where like like what uh, the reviews it's getting it, it has a handful of reviews but they're all very good reviews. Um, they're saying that they don't actually th- show much violence. It's not about it's not about being like mm, look how cool it is that she's getting revenge. It's more about you know the horrors of the situation <laughs> right. and her dealing with the tra- trauma that she went through and the brutality of what she's doing now. Um, and so that's kind of what it is it's it's a, a very it's it's kill bill but like indie and and like you know serious where it's actually going into kind of hard candy you know. yeah hard candy was compared to um and so yeah that's it it looks fucking brutal in the very real way in a way that's probably pretty fucking intense uh but good i think it looks good what do you guys think yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it looks intense. It all. It also reminds me of that. Um, uh, oh, that movie we covered on Hypecast. Probably it's probably been two years ago now, but it was like Numi Rapace and uh, Joel Kinnaman, where she thinks he's a uh, concentration oh. camp guard, and has right, him locked yeah. in her basement. What is that? Yeah, called? there's secrets we keep. Uh, is that it? Maybe there's. This is a this is a kind of a low key genre, which is dealing with the consequences of sh- like trauma, and like that, and like there's always this weird gaslighty element, which is like, is it actually them, or are they, right? You know, or are, are is it their trauma getting the best of them? Right. And they uh, they usually answer that. Death in the Maiden does pretty good with that, despite who made it. Um, well, yeah, but Death in the Maiden is based course, on a play, so. It's based on a play, yeah. and then it's mostly the actors involved: Ben yeah. Kingsley and Jamie Lee Curtis, Sigourney um, Weaver. Oh, you're right. That is Sigourney yeah. Weaver. That makes more sense, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I got big. Although now I kind of want. No, sorry. What are you gonna say, Abe? No, I got big. I, I agree with your Death of the, and the Maiden vibes. Uh, also, kind of gave me like Let the Right One In vibes. No, even yeah, though, yeah, even, yeah. Even though that's like a obviously goes full on like you know vampires but um <clears throat> this one definitely it's like there's a sense of dread constantly and that's one of the things that i really like when i saw the trailer i really reacted to because like 
uh, it shows in like the first 45 seconds of the trailer. Here's a woman who's completely decimated by trauma, pulling out the, uh, a knife on the street when she thinks she's being followed, and then realizing that like, oh no, what that guy wasn't following you, and she immediately right. goes sorry, and then she has like facial tics of just like looking around the room just to like kind of like a prey animal, uh, and like just the sheer happiness on her face when her dish is complimented. This all happens in like 45 seconds and it's just hitting like trauma from several angles in a very, uh, con- like seemingly complex and, you know, more fully robust way. And it's doing it clearly and quickly achieved in a fucking trailer. The storytelling seems very cool. Yeah. It looks really well made. I believe it's the director's first film. I'm pretty sure first feature at least. Um, and yeah, I, again, it's getting a lot of uh, positive reviews. So I'm just, it was also made a few years ago. Um, and I oh, think really? it's been out. And uh, yeah, I think it's been out in other places this is the American release. Um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, at least it has like 2021 behind it. Um, and yeah, the director, it looks like, uh, has only made short films. So this is um, her first feature cool so that's cool yeah, yeah it, lo- it just looks it. fucking good yeah check out the trailer folks uh obviously all the trigger warnings it just looks generally intense yeah um so you know be prepared for that but it's it's you know when you know like gritty grounded revenge drama you kind of know what to expect there we have a lot of those now um in ter- and i mean in terms of like the amount of intensity um yeah, so, yeah check sure. it out hype Cool. Hype, hype, hype. Man, guys, that's another successful strike cast. We've done it. Strike cast. A classic show that we've always done. Uh, Abe, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being on. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Thank you. You you want to plug some stuff? You want to say some stuff to the world? Uh, You heard me earlier, Small Beans. Patreon.com slash Small Beans. Come check it out. Cool. You want to make a noise? You want to go? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Oh, did we did we ever tell them what year it was? It was two thousand three. This was that August was of theme. was it July or August of two thousand three? It's still July. We're still in July, July of two thousand three. All right, that's yep. what it was. Hot damn! Yep. What a list. These what are the, the top ten of films of July two thousand three in the United yep. States. Uh, so give yourself a point. If you got that correct, yeah, keep score we, throughout the duration yeah. of of Strikecast. We'll see how, yeah. how how many points you get. Uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed, G A M E F U L O Y, unemployed. We do stuff with the the beans. Yeah, with the we do. Testicles. We play with we the do, small um, beans. We we yeah yeah, yeah. We, we we pay attention to the small beans. Star yeah. Trek: The Next Futurama and Spielboys are both joint productions with them. We also have uh, Tom and Jeff watch Batman. Fox Waller's a maniac. We watch movies every Friday night with our patrons. We started watching TV a bit, and we I think we we're gonna keep doing that because it's fun uh, and chill. <laughs> so come join us Friday every Friday night. It's a Patreon tier. We sit around and we watch stuff together like a family. Yeah. You can be part of that oh. family. Abe's there sometimes. I am. Yeah, we're um, a big most family. times because I can't stop watching movies. It's, uh, yep. it's a medical problem. You are problem. Professor Movies. Big. He is Dr. <laughs> movies. Yeah. 
Oh. And you guys do that every Monday, which I've been trying to join more and more and be part of Thank that. Thank you for oh, being that's a part right, of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we Two d- glorious families. We do little bite size because it's Monday, yeah. so we want to start your week. So we start a little yeah. earlier, do fewer movies, but it's still the same energy. Family. Um, we all we're family. Mm-hmm. We are. We're, family. we're a family of small beings. It means we can't fuck each other. Well, Why not? that's what that means. Says you. Yeah. yeah um, we also have a store. Head over to GameFleetUnemployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So check that out. Slap your small peepers onto that. Yeah, Small do peeps. It. Small uh. peeps. <laughs> all right. Love it. Mm. Hype. <laughs> Hype. Say goodbye, everyone. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our channel artwork is produced by Michael Vincent Bramley. You can find more of his artwork at instagram.com slash mvbramleyart. Our episode artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.